1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bear Down Ballers here on the field of 68. I'm Ryan Wall, joined as always by Jordan Pollock. Jordan, before we jump into a wild and crazy game this past Saturday between Arizona and FAU, Arizona lost 96 to 95 in double OT. We'll get into that in just a minute, but how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, man. This is I've seen a lot of memes talking about like the weirdness between like Christmas and new years and how people just like lose tracks of the days. And yeah, that's definitely also where I'm at. I don't know if you're in that same place of feeling foggy between these holidays because it's like still kind of have like a work week, but like for students, they have it off. So it's like a weird spot, but yeah, I I think it's, is it Thursday we're recording right now? I don't even know what day it (laughs) is.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's Thursday when we're recording this right now. But Jordan, let's not wait any longer. Let's get right into it. This past Saturday was one of the best, not only college games that I've seen in a while, but one of the best sports games I've seen this year, probably. Arizona did lose in double OT, but this was really, in the end, it came down to, it was a one-on-one battle of the superstars, it seemed like. It was John L. Davis. It was Caleb Love, and they went toe-to-toe. John L. Davis for Florida Atlantic came out on top. He was excellent. 27 points in the second half, including overtime. 35 points, nine rebounds, three assists in the whole game. Jordan, what were your
2: biggest takeaways of this game? Um, I think some of my biggest takeaways were just It was hard for Arizona during a lot of stretches to just buy a bucket. And whether that was open three-point shots that they would just miss or multiple possessions where they would get offensive rebounds in the paint and they just couldn't finish. And especially down the stretch, FAU felt like almost every dribble drive they had and they got a shot in the paint, they made some crazy contested shot and either had an and one or, or just extended a lead again. Uh, they they matched pretty much every every counter punch that Arizona tried to throw back at them to to get back in the game. And they took the lead quite a few times in the last few minutes of of regulation. They split the lead over time to both overtimes, I believe until the second overtime. And and FAU just like responded every single time. And and like you said, one of the big reasons was was from Davis's 35 that he had in the game. He he, he was just unstoppable. And and sometimes you're going to have games like that, and and I think it's really good for Arizona to to match up against an offensive team that just seems like they can't miss any shots, especially compared to last Saturday or or not Saturday but Wednesday when they played Alabama. It seemed like there were huge stretches they couldn't buy a bucket, and and yeah. with FAU they they just played really well. They played really well. All around, they they had better shooting splits except from the free-throw linemen, than Arizona did.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with that, Jordan. It did seem like Arizona just couldn't get into the flow of their offense during this game. They had a horrible shooting night just overall. 33% from the field for Arizona, 28% from deep. And yeah, when you shoot like that, it's going to be hard to win a game. And obviously they did do enough to win a game against pretty much a lot of other teams, but this was a special, special night for Florida Atlantic. And it just seemed like they wanted it more. They were more aggressive and their, their stars, their big time players came out. They, they didn't average like, if you look at John L Davis average for the year and Jalen Gaffney, They had more than double of what they're averaging this year. And yeah, it just seems like the past year, every big game, FAU, they come up big and they come ready to play John L. Davis. Like I said, he had 27 in the second half and it wasn't just him. I'm going to get into Caleb Love in just a minute. He had 19 in the second half. So those guys came to play, but it seemed like besides Caleb Love, there wasn't enough of other guys on Arizona that were adding enough, you know, production to get the job done here. Because Jordan to rewind a little bit and start from the beginning of this game, Arizona started it unbelievably. This was one of their best starts to a game this entire season. They were up 17 to three in the first five or six minutes, I believe. So yeah, I, I thought I was really impressed by Arizona's start. But I I think that they didn't, their, their start to the second half was kind of the reverse when FAU took control and FAU went on a 20 to 6 run. So I think they need to establish and maintain that control from the beginning of the game, the start of the second half, and the end. It's all three of those to get the job done in these big
2: games. Yeah, for sure. And that's and that's one thing that Arizona over the last few years under Tommy Lloyd has has always been really good at is coming out in the second half after Tommy's made adjustments at halftime and and, and playing really well. And so that was another thing that was really surprising from this game of of Arizona coming out and just and in a way, I guess you could say they're kind of out coaching in a way, coming out of half where your coach is the one that's making changes and stuff. And so that's it's just pretty new and different and we're not used to really seeing that with any of these Tommy Lloyd teams. And so that, that was a very big, interesting thing. I think another big thing is so far this year, we've been super balanced scoring wise from top to bottom. And so I I think it's good that Caleb love had some good stretches, especially at the end of the game. That's kind of when all of his shots were falling though. He was still not super consistent but um i think this is one of the first games where one of our starters didn't get into double digits most of all of them have been pretty consistent getting getting to that 10 point mark and keisha johnson just could not get it going and as much as we've raved about him um this is just not a not a great game for him four turnovers yeah. only three rebounds and six shots on the whole day is it, i i think was probably a, a bigger thing than not especially with how how good our wings are and how good he is and, and kind of where I felt like we kind of just could have owned that matchup a little bit better, especially with how good their guards are and how good Vladislav was Um, at the wing position. That's, that's where we got to expose some mismatches.
1: Yeah. And yeah, we've talked about Keisha Johnson, how great of a job he's done. And I said, he's been the MVP of this team throughout the season so far, just, Because of his consistency, when everybody else and other players are up and down shooting wise, he's always got over 10 points, always got, it seems like over six, seven rebounds affecting the game in multiple ways. He didn't affect the game a lot in this, uh, this time against FAU. But Jordan, I I disagree uh, just a little bit about Caleb Love, just because I know when you look at the final stat line, it's not great and a lot of Caleb Love's stat lines haven't been great this year but this was a vintage Caleb Love game for me and this was one of his best games I've seen him play in college basketball just because in every big moment every time Arizona needed him obviously besides that that last one when he missed the layup at the end of uh at the end of the game that that one was really bad but I counted four different times where three of those, he hit a three when they were down by four with six minutes left in the game, hit another three when they were down by one with a minute left, and then in OT when they were down three, he tied it up with under 45 seconds left. So for me, he proved that when the lights are the brightest, he he's not just a big name. He's not just the guy that's been around for a couple years, went to the final four. He still has it and he still can be that guy that you can give the ball late in games. And, Jordan, to to, to move on a little bit and, and just talk about the end of the game, I, I, I was really surprised by that call at the end of the game from Tommy Lloyd. He, he gave the ball to Boswell. He, he, he passed it to Love, and then Love threw it up. It, it, it almost went in, but it was probably a 30-footer mm-hmm. at least. It was really deep. I just question why didn't they try to either set a screen, have Boswell or Love drive to the hole and get fouled? What do you think about Love making those big shots? And what do you think about Lloyd's decision-making late in the game?
2: Yeah, I know we were talking about that shot, and I think it was the shot that ended the first overtime where Mm -hmm. Boswell took the kind of fadeaway in the paint. And I think that first that first overtime, the plan was to get the ball to Caleb Love, but they hard denied him for the for any kind of touch that they could get. And so I I don't I don't imagine that the Boswell drive was planned, but I, I thought that was a great look in that spin-away jumper that he had in the paint. That was a great look. And I I was kind of confused of why they didn't do something similar to that especially with just and the game overall was just called very weirdly. I feel like, like we had two guys foul out in, in uh, Pele and KJ Lewis uh, in the second overtime and the first overtime In the first part of the game, they just like did not call any fouls at all. It seemed like, like the first, the first few minutes of the game went by really quick because there's very little stoppage in any kind of play. Mm -hmm. and then they just started calling a lot more fouls in the second half like 44 combined fouls was a lot especially with three guys fouling out and two other guys on fau was in was at the four foul mark um and so I, i i i'm guessing that that was a reason why they didn't probably try to do anything at the paint but i'm i'm just confused about that i i feel like if if you're concerned about that you want to put the refs in a position to to make a call especially late in the game as opposed to just taking a weird uh-huh. contested three point shot and 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 maybe maybe he just wanted to continue to ride out Caleb Love and see if any of the magic was still there but, but i but I, do I, I, want- I don't think that's a super smart even analytical kind of thing to do yeah,
1: but I, I was just gonna add there, why wouldn't you set a screen for love to roll off, get a little space for for a three there? That that just and he almost made the shot even still, but yeah, I I, I don't I don't agree with that. And Jordan, something else we've talked about throughout this season is foul uh shooting and how they've done from the free throw line. This was one of their best games of the year. They the shot in was eighty-five percent from the free throw line, twenty-two of twenty-six. Love was perfect. Uh, Pella, three for four. Balo, even, was five for seven, one of his best games. I'm going to, we'll get into Balo in in just a minute. He was excellent. But yeah, I I, I don't, I, I really don't get that. And this isn't the first time that I've questioned Tommy Lloyd's late game decision making, play calling. I think that's an area he needs to improve on, is late in games. It seems like the plan is just all over the place. It seems like they they're not like it, at the end of overtime, the end of the second overtime. It seemed like you would learn from your mistake, not mistake. Because yeah, I agree that maybe that that wasn't it. Maybe wasn't the best shot <clears throat> by Boswell, the fadeaway, but it was a, a pretty decent shot. I'll give it to him. But still, you you should look to go to the paint and go to the yeah. hole, especially. When love isn't just a three-point shooter. He is really, he made a couple big layups too in the second half. He's mm-hmm. really good there. He's good finishing through contact, drawing the contact. So yeah, I I want to see more of a of a plan established late in the games because that is a game that feels like that that just got away from Arizona. It seemed like all game, Arizona had a lead, Florida, Atlantic in the second half was up by eight Arizona was crawling back but it seemed like they just let this one get away and this was a very winnable game and yeah it's just it's a shame Arizona still is staying at number four in the rankings Florida Atlantic moved up to seven Jordan what other who who else on Arizona stood out to you and made an impact in this game
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Yeah, I just want to say real quick, I think that's a great point that you made about Tommy Lloyd, especially over the last three years. A majority of these losses for this team have been mostly... Of games that haven't went down to the last possession i think the most memorable one going to that point though is probably princeton's last year that was within two possessions in the last few minutes and, and they were horrible there just... yeah exactly and and i and i look at the game right before that when they played ucla in the pac 12 to where they did not look good outside of courtney nope. ramey Hitting his only shot in the entire game, a three to put them in the lead, and they and they were not good down the stretch in that game either. They just weren't as bad as UCLA was. So, so I completely agree with that point that that they need to make better adjustments. They need to figure out ways to, and 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 that's coaching to me. Like they, he needs a, 100%. to do a better job of putting his players in a better position, in a better position to succeed. And and like I said, I, I we both talked about that Boswell shot at the end of first overtime. I would say probably not a ton of that was coaching, probably. Cause it seemed like they're trying to give Caleb Love the ball. And probably a majority of that was just Kylan Boswell's instinct of, okay, like they're denying me. I got a lane, go to the lane, spin around for a shot. And and that's something that that Tommy needs to approve on, especially if if this team's gonna, gonna get to the final four and 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 try to win a championship, they're gonna have games like this. And 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 I give all the respect to Tommy Lloyd for getting these brutal non-conference schedules. Um, but this this is a game they should have won, and this is a game that they were tested in the last and the last few minutes in crunch time, and and we see Caleb Love hit, hitting shots, and that's that's amazing for this team to be able to have a guy that you can depend on. But in those positions, when you call timeouts and you have something set up for a game winner. You got to You got to come out and and have something for your guys to be able to have a chance. And so I think that's just that's just a really disappointing thing. I think I saw from this game um, and, and something that I think Tommy and the staff needs to improve on drastically is is what they're calling at the end of games.
3: As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners, and the viewers on the Field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When you cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know. We do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops, odds boosts, my personal favorite parlay odds boosts. So download the bet MGM app today. Yeah. And Jordan, another thing
1: is I get Tommy is a younger coach, but we're now in year three there to, to me, the time for excuses. And, you know, it's, he's just building, it's his first year, it's his second year. That, that's done with, you know, because Arizona, they've won his first two years. They've won more than any coaches mm-hmm. ever won in the history of this sport during their first two years as a head coach. And winning the Pac-12 both years, going to the Sweet 16 in year one, that just sets the bar even higher. And that makes it so, at this current point, things like this shouldn't be happening. Tommy needs to be better. The coaching staff needs to be better. But, Jordan, before we move on, there's a couple other guys I wanted to get to. The first guy was Umar Balo, who, like I mentioned, he made a bunch of foul shots, but finished the game 13 points, 21 rebounds, and he also added three steals in. He played 33 minutes, and he led Arizona to out-rebound FAU 52-39. to That was very impressive umar was Mm -hmm. all over the boards from start to finish of this game he met he did miss um it seemed like a gimme layup at the end of the game but all in all i thought this was one of if not balo's best games i thought this is what you need to see from balo and this is Follow taking the next step and getting better and showing that improvement is that he's not just a good rebounder. He's an elite rebounder and really just take advantage of that because Arizona did get a bunch of extra possessions in this game from that. Just all, just looking at it, Jordan, Arizona had 85 field goals compared to 72 from Florida Atlantic. So they had a lot of extra possessions there, a lot of, missed opportunities along with that, but I was really impressed with Balo's play. What would you think for, about Balo, and how do you think he did?
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Nine offensive rebounds is insane. Um, he, he he played amazingly on the glass. I think he did have a few gimmies that he missed around the paint, um, but I, I feel like that's kind of been Balo consistently over the point in, in his Arizona career is – there's some shots that he just misses and then there's some shots where he'll just out outpower you and out muscle you and, and, and get there and get a crazy dunk or, or a soft touch. And, and that's a thing I think that that I really have noticed a lot lately is like I've I've played basketball my whole life, but the soft touch that college basketball and pro basketball players have around the rim is is truly something that's very hard to come by and and that's that's something that ballo probably needs to work on especially as he goes to the next level after this year and especially with davis like he made he made a ton of his shots off off just soft touches that would not go straight in or airmail into the into the into the rim but would bounce around and somehow find a way to get in and so i think that's that's one thing that's I think been really cool is just a fan of basketball to notice a lot lately is just the soft touch that these guys can have around the rim and how much that helps them with, with highly contested shots of just getting it up there and having a soft touch to let it roll in the, in the rim. But Umar Bala played a great game. 20, 21 rebounds is insane. Uh, three steals. That's, that's awesome to see out of a center. Um, only one block. That was the only block our whole team had at, I think that's that's something as a as a rim defender you want to see a little bit more of, um, but I they they played pretty strict man that entire game against FAU and and especially with Vladislav I'm sure that was a big reason that pulled him away from the rim at a lot of their possessions when they had dribble drives, um, but yeah that's those are some things I would say about Ballo. I'm I'm kind of mm. surprised they didn't try to get him the ball more in the paint especially with. There's a huge stretch where Vlad's lab didn't play after he hurt his knee, and then he he did foul out at the end of the game. I'm surprised they didn't try to force more isolation with with Umar in the paint. Um,
1: yeah, I I, but, I I yeah, I totally agree with that. And Jordan, the the last guy that I think was a, a major factor in this game for Arizona that we haven't touched on yet um, that much is KJ Lewis. We talk about him. It seems like every show we're raving about him. He mm-hmm. was excellent in this game. He did foul out, as you mentioned earlier, but 10 points, four for five from the free throw line, six rebounds, four of those on offense. He was, he is just, to me, he's, I already think, right this second, Jordan, I think KJ Lewis is one of the best guards and is one of the best freshmen in the country. Mm-hmm. I think the way he impacts games he, he really, it's a simple thing to say is, oh, that guy doesn't look like a freshman or he doesn't look 18, but that's really true with K.J. Lewis. He's out there playing big minutes late in the game, and he really looks like he deserves to be out there. And at some points, he is one of the most important guards for this team because of his ability to not only... Affect the game on offense, but on defense, where he's a really good defender already.
2: Yeah, I completely agree, and and especially if this team didn't have Pele, he would easily be starting. I think both of those guys have very similar roles. They're super, they're super effort filled. They're they're filling in those cracks wherever they can, and and they're hustling to make to make the the plays that other people just quite aren't athletic enough and quite don't have enough effort to get to. And, and, and I think it's really cool to see, especially with both of those things, because both of those two guys are some of the most athletic guys on this entire team. And so I think that's, that's really awesome to see. And And I think that speaks a lot, I'm sure to the coaching staff too, that they can get some of their most athletic and some of their best players to buy in on, on hustling, every play hustling, every loose ball, trying to get steals, trying to affect the game in any way. The, in any way they possibly can, even if it's not scoring, because these two guys aren't going to get a majority of the shots. They're not even going to probably get top three of the shots of the, in, of this of the players on the team in the game. And, and it's been really awesome to see how well that they've been playing and how much they've been a star in their role. I know that's one thing that uh, Bill Belichick always says, be a star in your role. And these, and these, yeah. and these guys are going to be a huge reason why this team's going to be very successful. Going into Pac 12 play and postseason play.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Jordan, all in all, just as we're now a couple days removed from this game, I just was really impressed by both sides. This really felt like a heavyweight matchup. Mm -hmm. Caleb Love, John L. Davis, two of the best guards, best players in the country right now. John L. Davis, there's just. Not much more can be said. He is a superstar, one of the best players in the country, and that was one of the most impressive games I've seen by a college basketball player in my lifetime while watching. But, Jordan, just stepping back a little bit, some might say the sky is falling, Arizona losing two of three games here at the end of non-conference play, but they still went 4-2. and in their non-conference games versus uh power five teams. So I, I think that's impressive. They didn't get blown out of either of the losses. They were in both of them late in the games. This one more of a nail biter than the one versus Purdue, but I'm more impressed by Tommy Lloyd's ability to go out, schedule these games, go out and, you know, have these early tests for the team and see what it does for you as a group because i think arizona's going to get better from this and as i said earlier arizona didn't move in the rankings they're still number 4 so i i think arizona's in a really good spot actually heading into conference play this week
2: yeah i i agree i i they're going to have pretty much a first two game slate to finish out december of playing the the guys in the bay area and Cal Berkeley and Stanford and those two guys at least overall record wise are two of the bottom 3 in the Pac-12 and Colorado will be their first their first test on the 4th um i even even it, like a majority of the conference teams outside of us i don't think they've really played a ton of really great teams nope. anyway um like i think we're the only ranked Pac-12 team yeah and so mm-hmm. i th- i think that's one thing that probably is going to really help this arizona team is scheduling out this really great non-conference schedule but you hope they don't um, i don't know what the word is i'm looking for but you hope they don't get stagnant in pac 12 play with with some of the talent that exists especially this being the last year of of the pac 12 and some of these rivalries are sadly going to end and and We just hope they don't get stagnant through any of the season and play in some competition that, especially from the national media's perspective, they're a lot worse team. Is U of A going to play down to the level of some of these teams, or are they going to play up to to Arizona basketball level and just leave some Mm -hmm. of these teams in the dirt?
1: Yeah, And, and you mentioned starting conference play, and let's talk, and let's get some predictions for this weekend. They start at Cal Berkeley this Friday it's tipping off at 8:30 p.m. Eastern in Arizona 10:30 on the East Coast and then on Sunday New Year's Eve it's 2 p.m. Arizona time 4 p.m. on the East Coast both games you can watch on the Pac-12 Network Jordan do you think Arizona starts conference uh, season two and zero because like you mentioned they are playing a four and seven Cal Berkeley team that's lost to some really bad teams already, and a five and five Stanford
2: team. Yeah, I I, I think they'll they'll leave the weekend two and zero with nothing, no nail biters. I think yeah, I think they'll be able to handle these teams, especially after the, I think some of the letdown that that happened over this past weekend, especially late in game. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna turn it around, going into conference play and start off two and zero.
1: Yeah. But bo- both teams, Cal is averaging 76 points a game, Stanford, a little over 78. And the, both of these teams shoot it very poorly. They both shoot it under 35%. So I think Arizona is going to easily win both of these two games, get two more wins on their record. Start conference play two and zero. they have two harder matchups next week against uh, Utah against Colorado. We'll get into those next time. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode of Bear Down Ballers. You can follow us on X at Bear Down AZ Pod. Follow the Field of 68. And I'm Ryan Wall. He's Jordan Pollock. And we'll see you next time.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.